KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Good morning. Welcome to the Gold Standard on KCOU 88.1 FM. The not so new time anymore, but still feels slightly new time of 9 a.m. on Mondays. Today, oh boy, let me tell you, this show is going to feel a lot more along the lines of what I was doing during the Olympics, where it was just like, quick update, quick update, quick update, move on, move on, move on, next thing, next thing, next thing. Because there's so much happening right now in Olympic sports, and I just keep seeing news, and every time I'm like, yes, okay, my show lineup for today is set, something comes up and I'm like, oh, never mind. We must change what we're talking about. So, yes, definitely lots of different things to speak on. I've got both summer and winter, which I say that like I didn't do that the past two weeks. Um, I have been, had been, I guess, talking Australian Open and figure skating and alpine skiing. So I really, I was hitting both summer and limp, summer and winter before. But today is really just more. Like <laughs> It's just, I've got a bunch of different topics. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for that because you know what? I love trying to hit like as many of the different sports as I can in a week. And I don't feel like I've hit a ton since Beijing, which, oh my goodness gracious. I keep seeing things now about like Beijing being a year ago and it's like exactly a year ago this happened and exactly a year ago this happened and this was happening a year ago and the 2022 Winter Olympics feel like 50 years ago. It feels such a long ways, like in the past. So to hear that that was just a year ago, it's really getting me. I'm like, there's no way that was only a year ago. I can't be convinced of that, actually. But, oh, I also saw today on Twitter that the 2026 Olympics are exactly three years away. Like, to the day, to today, they're three years away. Which, oh, I just know that's going to come up so much quicker than I think. But, yeah. Anyways, I got to tell you guys, it's it was so cold here in Columbia for a little bit. This morning, though, I left my house, and it was nice. It was sunny. I was wearing two jackets, but one of them was a windbreaker because it's supposed to get really windy today. But I didn't have to wear a coat. Like, it's beautiful here, which is great. And it's actually supposed to stay pretty nice. So I'm hoping this weather really keeps up because it's beautiful. That's your little weather update. (laughs) Your little coma weather update. I feel like last week I was complaining about how cold it was. But I can't remember if that was last week or the week before. All right. I feel like we should just go ahead and jump into it. You know, since I've been talking about how many different things I have to talk about today. So the first one is something I just... I don't know when we're ever going to stop talking about it, truly, because it's something that, especially in figure skating, I've been talking about for a year now. But 
it's the controversy around Russian athletes and Paris 2024 that is currently happening because so for the Olympics, there's like a whole qualification system and we've talked on the show about how to qualify. I know for sure in basketball and in surfing, I can't remember if I went like specifically went through how to qualify and anything else, but I know we did basketball and surfing, but so you have to be competing really to qualify, to get those quota spots for your country and for you to compete. So the Olympic council of Asia was like trying to find some way for Russian and Belarusian athletes to compete in Paris 2024 because since they haven't really been competing in that many sports, um, you can't get those quota spots. And then I'm not 100% sure on this. I think the Olympic Council of Asia is trying to get Russian athletes to be able to compete like under the Russian flag, like for Russia. If I'm understanding this correctly, there's there is a lot actually happening with this right now. And well, I'll keep going. So the Olympic Council of Asia offered Russian and Belarusian athletes opportunity to compete in Asia so that they can get those qualifications and those spots for Paris 2024. Well, so that comes out that they're trying to offer that path. Then Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky was like, no, don't do that. He started urging the IOC to ban Russian athletes for 2024. He said that allowing Russia to compete at the games would be like showing that, quote, terror is somehow acceptable. And Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolak said the IOC was, quote, promoting violence, mass murders, and destruction and that Russian presence at the games would constitute giving the country, quote, a platform to promote genocide. So Ukraine really pushing back at this. And then the IOC comes out and they say that the sanctions against Russia and Belarusian, against Russian and Belarusian states and governments are not negotiable. They have been unanimous, unanimously confirmed by the recent Olympic summit meeting on December 9th, 2022, um, those sanctions include not inviting government officials from either Russia or Belarus to international sporting events and not organizing sporting events in both countries. Now, the thing about what the ISU came out, or not the ISU, the IOC came out and said is that they're not saying they're not going to let Russian and Belarusian athletes compete. They're just saying that their sanctions against the countries themselves are going to stay intact. So not having their government officials, not hosting events there and not letting them compete under the Russian flag. But they have been competing in events as neutral athletes. And that is seemingly what the IOC is thinking for Paris 2024, letting them compete as neutral athletes, which I, you know, I'm pretty sure the other countries that are against Russian and Belarusian athletes competing are still not going to love the idea of neutral having them compete as neutral athletes which this goes back to the conversation that we've been having on the show since this time last year basically or I guess a, a little less than a year but of how much Russian athletes 
um, show like how how separate are they from their country and representing the Russian government and like I don't know because some of them have openly supported there were a couple figure skaters who openly supported Putin and so it's just like is it case by case of like if they're openly showing support like then don't let them compete but if they're not is it you know bad to not let these athletes compete because they're from a country that's doing a bad thing I don't know it's an interesting conversation to have and definitely some countries are very clear on their stance I would say actually most places are pretty clear on their stance on that and I don't know but even like between different sports it's been different because like in figure skating Russian athletes aren't still aren't allowed to compete but I'm pretty positive that at the Australian Open, Russians were competing as neutral athletes. I'm like pretty sure that's where some of those um, athletes were from. But then, so now the prime ministers of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania are urging the IOC to ban Russian athletes from the games. And they said on Friday that they might boycott the Olympics if Russian athletes are allowed to compete. Um, now, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania border Russia to the west. Um, and so they're all right there close to what's going on. And so you'd, you'd imagine that they're very close to the situation um and they these countries have said that letting them compete under a neutral flag is not good enough and that they should just be outright banned from competing at paris so i always think it's interesting just to see where and when and how russian athletes and Honestly, I hate to say it, but to a lesser extent, Belarusian athletes in most sports, it's just like Russian athletes are a more competitive, I guess, internationally. And so having them banned has a larger impact in a lot of different sports than the Belarusian athletes. But for both it's just interesting to see and especially with Paris and seeing if they allow Russian athletes to compete if they do I'm sure it will be neutrally which the Russians have already been doing for several Olympics because of the whole doping thing so I mean that wouldn't be new for the Russian athletes but if they do, if the IOC does allow that, if other countries do decide to boycott. But that is something to definitely keep your eye on because that is ongoing. Okay, so that's basically where we are on that. So let's talk about something else that has to do with the Paris Olympics. And this is significantly softer news <laughs> um it's about the olympic flame so the paris 2024 organizers announced that the olympic flame will be sailing across the mediterranean sea from greece to the french port of marseillais i think is how you say it um the flame the torch it usually travels over land but it will travel to the Marseille Marina where the Olympic sailing competitions are going to happen. And also the Marseille Stadium is hosting Olympic soccer games. So that's where the flame will be traveling to. And then after it gets to the port, it will be carried over land to the, um, sorry, not to, it will be carried overland in the traditional torch relay and arrive at Paris to light the cauldron. 
for the 2024 games. So that's just something a little different because, yeah, it usually travels overland, but it's kind of cool that it's going to be on a boat sailing the Mediterranean. So just something a little different, a little fun that the Paris organizers are doing for those Olympics. But that that one's pretty short, (laughs) truly, but a little fun Paris 2024 update. Okay, so with that, we're going to take a quick break and then when we get back from break, we'll be diving into our summer Olympic sport news. So keep it right here. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think they're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org donate. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Mm, man. Welcome back to the Gold Standard on KCOU 88.1 FM. Now, this is kind of sidetracking a little bit, but last night the Grammys were on and this song played because the lead singer of Coldplay came out um, to like present one of the awards. And, you know, it was mentioned that Clocks, like, it's a song that I feel like plays a lot here on KCOU. Everybody here is a big fan of Clocks. I also would like to say regarding the Grammys, um, BTS, you know, the K-pop group, now up to five nominations. They were nominated three times like technically last night, no wins because one of their nominations last night was for Coldplay's album because they had like a, they featured on a song. Um, Another one was just like for that song that they featured on straight up. That should have won in my opinion. I don't even remember who it was up against, but BTS and Coldplay should have won. And then the other one was for their music video for Yet to Come, which the Taylor Swift 10-minute all-too-well short film won that award. So I can I can accept that, I suppose. But BTS taking L's left and right at the Grammys, truly terrible. Also, that means Coldplay didn't get their win either. Devastating. Um, but anyways, that's my little 
Grammys sidetrack just because clocks made me think about it. But let's get into our Summer Olympic sports. Okay, so this is not new. This is not a new update. This is something I learned. And so I wanted to talk about it for a second. Last week, I talked about the Eddie, um, the surfing competition, which is also known as the Super Bowl of surfing. So I forget exactly what the full name of the competition is. It's like the Eddie Cow big wave competition or like something like that. But so I just did the research for the show last week um, about this competition. And then, okay, I got to keep it real. I got to be honest. I'm a little bit of a true crime girly. And so I was listening to one of my true crime podcasts. It's called Disappearances. And I go to look what the new episode is. And I just see Eddie a cow. And I was like, didn't I, (laughs) did I just talk about him on my show? Isn't that the surfing competition? And so I'm like reading the description and I'm like, oh, this is just a hundred percent that guy. So Eddie Akau, who the competition was named after, he was like a Hawaiian native and he was a lifeguard in Waimea Bay, which is where that competition takes place. And last week we were talking about the conditions, how the conditions have to be just right and how... Waimea Bay just is super dangerous. And so often that's like why women weren't allowed to compete or weren't invited to compete until this year. And the conditions have to be just so, so it hadn't been held for like seven years. Yeah. So he was a lifeguard in that bay and he was like one of the people who just like he knew the waters. And so he was able to help save a lot of people. And then he ended up going missing and presumably passing away because he went on like a voyage. They built this Polynesian boat that was supposed to be like the same boat that the Polynesian sailed to Hawaii on. And so he went with that crew they were sailing to Tahiti I believe and back and something happened and like the boat got messed up and so Eddie tried to like swim back and find somebody to come help the crew that was on the boat but he never made it back and the boat ended up going back to shore And so he ended up being the only one not making it back from the voyage, which, I mean, he was just like, according to this podcast that I was listening to, just like really regarded as a hero. And so in Waimea Bay, there's like a, I think she said like a statue with like a plaque in his honor. And then they named that surfing competition in the bay after him. So I just thought that was incredibly interesting. And I was like, that's such like interesting timing that that would come out right when I talked about it on my show. But it makes sense. They probably meant for it to come out at the same time, like right around that competition. So it makes quite a bit of sense, actually, that that would happen at the same time. But the one thing I did clock in this the podcast was that she said the competition takes place every year and it just doesn't I mean it's supposed to it can take place every year it could be annual but because of the conditions it's not but I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I just didn't even think to like look up who the competition was named after And then his story ended up being really interesting. So if you want to learn more about that, um, that podcast is out there free on Spotify. But yes, 
staying on surfing though, and this is like current news. And I actually, I tweeted this from the, the gold standard um, Twitter that I was going to talk about this. But so surfing, you know, it, maybe you don't know, but you will now. Surfing debuted at the Olympics at the Tokyo 2020, 2021, technically, but debuted at Tokyo. And so the first time, and there's a very successful U.S. surfer named Kelly Slater, and he missed qualifying for one of the surfing spots in the Tokyo Olympics by one spot. It came down to the 11th and final event of the season-long World Surf League Championship Tour, and it was a tight race between him and John John Florence. They're both from Hawaii. And so he missed out on that Olympics. Now, he's trying to qualify for Paris 2024. And he would qualify at the age of 51. So if he qualified, he would be the oldest U.S. Summer Olympic rookie competitor in a sport other than equestrian sailing or shooting in the last 100 years. He said, quote, this will be my one chance. The next Olympics, I'll be 55 years old. I'm not going to be on tour by then. I did say that at 40, though, when I was talking about being 50. So, yes. And then after he didn't make the Olympics um, in 2020, in the 2021 season, he finished 15th in the world and third in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I also, what was I going to add? I kind of forgot. Oh, I remember. So the U S had two spots in Tokyo, but they might qualify for three for Paris. So that would help his chances, obviously (laughs) of making Paris 2024, but yeah, surfing, that's, I mean, that'd be kind of (laughs) lit if he, you know, got to make the Olympics for the first time at age 51. He, I was reading about him. He was a very successful surfer. It's just one of those things where surfing came to the Olympics so late that now he's um, respectfully, possibly, a little past his prime, you know? So kind of rough timing there, but he still has a chance, especially if the U.S. gets that third spot for surfing. Moving on to gymnastics. Now, this is actually kind of a crossover, if you will, because we're going to be talking about some SEC gymnastics But it's fitting because Miss Suni Lee, the Olympic all-around gold medalist from Tokyo, competes for Auburn in gymnastics. And the SEC is just absolutely stacked in gymnastics. It's wild to me just how competitive the SEC is in gymnastics, which the SEC is like decently competitive in a lot of things. So I guess it's not like shocking, but truly the SEC is so stacked in gymnastics and Mizzou, Mizzou is a good gymnastics school, fifth in the country last year, which we did speak about when it was happening. But so Suni Lee, Auburn, she had a stellar meet on Friday against number 11, Alabama. Uh, Auburn, if I remember correctly, was number six in the country. So Suni Lee earned two perfect tens in the meet against Alabama. 
One of the perfect tens was on the uneven bars and the other was on the beam. Her two tens on Friday gave her eight for her collegiate career. And that is the most in Auburn women's gymnastics history. But get this, her scores were not enough for Auburn to be Alabama. Alabama won 197.850 to 197.700. So Bama still comes away with the win. Um, and Auburn will be traveling to Mizzou here in a couple weeks. They're going to be here on the 19th. And I will be there. Catch me in the stands. I've been telling all my friends that I'm forcing them to go. I was like, everybody is going to go see Suni Lee when she comes here. Because also, I mean, it's my last year at Mizzou. But like, it's Suni Lee's last year at Auburn as well. Because she will be starting to focus on Paris after this year. So leaving the Auburn gymnastics program. So now's the time. Now's the time to see her. And I'm very, very excited to do that. It, and then if she drops some perfect tens on Missouri, I'm just simply going to be okay with it. So sorry to Mizzou, but I think it'd be so fun to watch Suni Lee drop a perfect 10 in any event. All right, so those are just a couple little summer Olympic sport things. Going to take another quick break, and then I bet you can guess what we're going to talk about when we come back. So keep it here. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Ranger Station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. My name's Chase Madison. And I'm Luke Magnanti. And we are Cup of Bro. A sports radio talk show right here on KCLU 88.1 FM. Join us at 11 a.m. on Fridays for some fun sports talk. Featuring our bro segment where we talk about everything that happens off the field. And drink a little bit of coffee too. So be sure to tune in to see what we got brewing up. the gold standard on KCOU 88.1 FM. Now, if you guessed that when we got back from the break, we'd be talking a little bit of uh, winter Olympic sports. You're so smart. Good job. (laughs) You're right. Um, Yeah, there's actually, I don't know why I'm like, it's so surprising. It's not. There's just a lot of like championship type things happening in winter Olympic sports right now. So we must go through some of them. Starting off with bobsledding. I have not talked about bobsledding since the Olympics. I don't think, don't think I've delved into that. Um, You know, it'd be a lot of talking about the Germans in those sliding sports. You got bobsled, skeleton. That's going to be, German territory for the most part, except bobsledding worlds happening now. Callie Humphreys of the U.S. took bronze 
at Bobsled Worlds in the two-woman event. So, USA, baby. And she did come in behind, of course, two German teams. The winners of the event, the gold medalists, finished in 432.86. Humphreys got 433.37. So, pretty close. And that's, of course, why she got the bronze medal. With that medal, Humphreys broke the total medals record. Yeah, with the win. So she has eight two-woman world medals. She passed the German Sandra Kyrgyzis. And then Humphreys is also the most decorated woman in the world championships monobob, taking gold and silver in the two times that it has been contested there. So uh, we definitely talked about her quite a bit way, way back in the day on um, the C-Stream, the KCOU C-Stream, KCO2, if you will. We were talking about her on the bobsledding show and then also during the Olympics, of course. But a name that has come up again for the U.S. And congrats to her on that total medals record. The U.S. really just taking records right now. Um, so then let's move on to alpine skiing, where we'll talk about another little record breaker. Um, I guess kind of, well, I don't know. This isn't really a record, but this is a first. So AJ Guinness, Guinness. Oh, it's Greek. And I'm just thinking about Giannis because this is spelled kind of like Giannis. So I feel like this might be pronounced with a Y. Guinness, AJ Guinness is what I'm going to guess for that pronunciation. Anyways, he became the first Greek in Alpine Skiing World Cup history to make a World Cup podium. He earned a silver in the slalom. And he was in 23rd place after his first run, but came back to get on the podium. So that was pretty cool news. First first Greek on the World Cup podium for Alpine Skiing. And Alpine Skiing Worlds just started, like literally, I believe, this morning. And Michaela Schifrin, our girl, we have been talking about her so much on the show to start this um, semester. Um, her worlds did not start off too great, if I'm being perfectly honest. So she did not finish her first race at the World Championship. It was the combined event and she was the defending championship of the combined event and it's um slalom and super g super g i think being raced first and so this was the slalom portion of that event which slalom is like her thing she already has the slalom title for this season and yeah she just did not finish the race. And I was reading um, the article about it and it was like, she looked surprised. <laughs> like her her jaw dropped a little bit. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. After you just took the slalom title and you didn't finish the slalom, I'd be surprised too. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, her next race though is the Super G, which is on Wednesday. And I think... Ah, if I remember correctly, I think she might have been in second in the combined after the Super G. So that maybe could bode well for her meddling in the Super G on Wednesday. Um, and then previously, she had earned 11 medals and 13 starts at the World Championships. And I was reading an article last week for my sports journalism class. And it was just about Michaela Schifrin and how she's so dominant and how you kind of have to contextualize just how amazing she is 
at Alpine Skiing because people, I mean, she's a name that like people recognize. If you say Michaela Schifrin, especially around the the Winter Olympics, a lot of people recognize that. Um, But just the more I read things about her, the more I'm just like, it's insane just how dominant she is at Alpine Skiing and how incredibly good she is. So, yeah, she still has, um, I think, a couple more races to try to uh, earn a medal here at these worlds, but not the start that she would have wanted. All right, so that's a little alpine skiing update since that has been a favorite sport to talk about so far this semester. Now, if you thought you weren't going to get a little bit of figure skating news today. You were sorely mistaken. Although I was like so close to not having any figure skating news in here. And I was like kind of patting myself on the back. I was like, yes, you did it, Kara. A show with no figure skating. Like you can talk about other things, but there is a pretty like significant quick thing that I would like to talk about. And that is that the US, US figure skating came out with a statement on social media about the 2022 Olympic team still not having their medals from the team event. That of course, because of the Camila Valieva doping controversy, scandal, case, whatever you wanna call it, it still has not been like, done. It's not a closed case. They haven't decided what to do. And since the Russian team or the Russian Olympic Committee team won, it's still, they don't know what to do with the medals, which here is what the statement says from U.S. Figure Skating. As we approach the one-year anniversary of the 2022 Olympic Winter Games, U.S. figure skating and its athletes are deeply frustrated by the lack of final decision in the team event. We're very proud of how our Olympic medalists have carried themselves with poise and dignity since earning medals in Beijing. They have long deserved the recognition that has been withheld due to the ongoing process. U.S. figure skating calls for a fair and appropriate ruling to rightfully award medals to all clean sport athletes affected by the situation. So that was the statement. And you got to think, though, I think it was Canada. Maybe it was Japan. I can't remember. No, I think Japan was third. So I think Canada was fourth. But imagine also like the Canadian team. They don't know if they're getting a medal because they're either going to get bronze or they're going to get nothing. And the U.S., still waiting to see what color that medal is going to be, but definitely knowing that they have medals. But I mean, it, it's been almost a year and there's still no decision. I've been talking about this on the show for almost a year and there's still no decision. It is something that just seems like needs to be done. Like they need to just make a decision and let the athletes move on. That is my thought. That is the U.S. figure skating's thought. So, yeah. But, I don't know. I keep, like, I keep trying to wait for the update on that. And every time it's an update, it's kind of just like, well, it's still not over. So, it'll be interesting to see when that finally concludes okay here's my last little thing to talk about for today and it is about curling and curling is another sport that I just have not talked about since the Olympics but I got I think a notification about this this morning or something and I was like oh I have to speak about this today And so it is about a former NFL player 
who is now looking to go to the Olympics in curling. And the more I read about the story, the more I'm just cackling because everything about it to me is just a little bit funny. I don't know why. It's not like ha ha funny, but it's just like a little bit funny if you think about it. So Jared Allen, who imagine my surprise (laughs) when I'm looking into him and I'm like, he was drafted by the Chiefs. He played for the Chiefs. I texted my dad about him and he was like, of course I remember Jared Allen. Like, are you kidding me? He was good. And I was like, I don't remember him. But also, I think I read that he was drafted in like 2004. So I would have been three when he got drafted. So of course I don't remember that. But he is competing right now at the Curling U.S. Championships in Denver. And his team just beat the team that includes the 2018 Olympic champion, John Schuster. Allen's team won 10 to 6 in the first round of round robin play. And Schuster's team had won or has won the last three nationals that they entered. So this is a major upset for real. Um, yeah. And get this. Okay, so he played in the NFL. He started curling in 2018. I, I'm dead. Like, okay, for real though, he wasn't good. <laughs> like, his team last year, I think I read that, like, they did not win a single game in nationals last year. But off to a good start this year. And he said before nationals started this year that he wants to go to the 2026 Olympics in Milan. He said, quote, I thought curling was going to be a lot easier than it was. But I'm one of those guys who, once I start something, I'm going to see it through. Our goal at nationals is to beat as many teams as we possibly can and see where we land. And then so I found his website. It's about the all-pro curling team. And I just want to read you what it says. Because, again, there's just something a little bit funny about it. (laughs) Um, It says, Jared's curling career started with some tough talking, the gumption to back it up, and a bet between friends. But only a bet made with Jared Allen could result in a run in the 2022 Winter Olympics. Three years after retiring from the NFL in 2016, Jared set his sights to earn a shot at the gold medal in curling with a team of NFL pro bowlers with three former NFL players and quarterback Mark Bolger, linebacker Keith Bullock, and offensive tackle Michael Ruse, adopting the name All-Pro Curling Team. The former footballers are as dedicated to throwing the stone as they were to tossing the pigskin. That is my favorite line. I There's something about that that is like chef's kiss. It's beautiful. But they do say, for the All-Pros, it was important to take the game seriously and respect the players that spent their entire life finding their tempo to prove this wasn't a PR stunt. For Jared... Bringing home the gold is not about staying relevant. It's about staying challenged with something new. So when he's not spending time with his wife and daughters, you'll find Jared back in Minnesota on the ice, finessing the critical nuances of curling strategy. Although critics might say his Olympic aspirations are lofty, if there's one thing we know about Jared, Jared, it's never bet against hashtag 69. Slay. I Okay, if you don't think that's, like, a little bit funny, I just feel like it is. There's just something about it that's just, like, I don't know. The way it's written, I feel like it's supposed to be a little funny. I don't know why I'm trying so hard to defend myself. It's just the way it's written is so good. But, yeah, 
So I just think that's so interesting that he literally started curling in 2018 after retiring from the NFL and then also made a curling team of NFL players. Also, it does say here um, he was on a different team at last nationals in 2021 and went 0-9. So I was trying to figure out if he's still on this all pro curling team. I feel like no, because if he was on a different team in 2021, was that the all pro curling team? But then why wouldn't he update his website? Oh, there's news. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I feel like he might not be on this all pro curling team anymore. I think that was about 2022. But now he realized, like, ah, those football players, maybe they aren't the best curlers, and then found some new people. That is my guess. Maybe I'll flip on a little bit of this curling championship just to see it, because now I really actually want to watch him do some curling. But that was just, that's the kind of news that is so fun to see. That's what I like getting from ESPN when they're like, oh, your soccer team, well, they're they're in the midst of scandal. But also, this guy who used to play for your football team that you like, he's trying to go to the Olympics and curling. It's really a mixed bag with those ESPN notifications. All right, well, I hope you were able to really take in all of that. A lot of information for today, but I feel like you know, sometimes those are the best shows for the gold standards. When I, when I leave the studio and I'm like, yes, everybody is caught up on a lot of major things going on in the Olympics. I guess that was kind of the purpose. But when figure skating is in full swing, I have to really deep dive into that. <laughs> it's not an option. I must. Whew. Man. I feel like I've, you know, just been talking, talking, talking. Now I'm tired. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning into the gold standard this morning. I hope you learned so much. I hope you feel like once again, you are an expert on the Olympics. When people say something about Paris 2024 to you, you can be like, huh, I know everything about that. Not really everything, but the major things, of course. Again, feeling like don't really know what we're talking about next week, but I think that kind of worked out this week. So pretty good stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in next week, same time, same place. And I hope you have.